Hey, what's going on? You already know who this is. And welcome back to the PEG podcast with your girl, the soulful child coming back at you once again. Hey, 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 and I got I got a special guest for y'all. Y'all already know I jump in with the speakers, the artists, and I got my man here, Christopher Feathers. Well, now you say Feather Featherston. Mm-hmm. All right, I don't be like butchering people's names because I butcher names. I'm used to it. You used, used to it? Yeah, Featherstone. They, be, they say Featherstone all the time. And I'm like, uh, it's Featherstone. No E. <laughs> no E. No E. Featherstone. It's all good. I, I'm used to the name messing up too. So I guess everybody go through it, man. How you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, working, just finishing up my work day, to be honest. So. Hey, I feel it. I feel it. So Christopher Featherstone and foremost is a father, man. He's a great leader, an author. You dropped a new book. And that's mm-hmm. shout out to you. Um, you also work cybersecurity. So that I thought that was dope in your bio. So we're gonna talk about your book and who are you? You know, who's who makes Christopher Featherstone and um why are you doing the things you do today? So before we get started, I always like to give back to the most high. All right, whatever your most high is. You know, I don't, I do not judge. This is a free environment here, but we're going to pray. We're going to give it back to the most high and okay. we're going to dive right into to the last, I mean, to the um, podcast for the day. So yeah, I always give it to the speakers. So you want to go ahead and take the floor and give a little prayer before we get started? Okay. All right. Uh, Lord, pray. Uh, we give thanks for good health. We give thanks for this uh, linking up that has happened. Um, we give thanks for a good weekend. Give thanks for insight and 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 the ability to do the things that we love. Amen. Amen. Hey, I like that. And we're gonna call this podcast Father Leader. You're a leader, you're a father. I like that. Yeah, you're writing books, so why not be inspired by that, you know? So um tell us, you know, hey, there you go, there we go. That's the book. We're going to talk more about it, you know, how it come, what made you write it. So mm-hmm. before we get started, just starting off into the book, tell the listeners, uh, who is Chris Ferguson? Um, I am just an aspiring writer. Also, I'm an aspiring uh, personal trainer. Um, I'm just an open-minded individual. Um, about, I'll be 32 in June from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I went to uh, high school in Virginia Beach. I'm still in Virginia Beach working for as a work working as a contractor for the uh, for the Navy. Um, but actually, just just a guy that's using his money to well, his money from his day job to try and sponsor his dreams and trying to become more financially independent. Um, I'm very opinionated. I do believe in the Most High. I do believe in order. I believe in a whole bunch of things. But um, for the most part, the the, the biggest thing about me is. Um, I'm a guy that's very self-aware. Um, I believe very much in self-reflection. Um, I believe in the truth. I believe the truth is for all of us and, and it's good for all of us. Um, but I've been writing, to be honest with you, I've been writing since I was seven. It's kind of weird. Like a lot of people write, but I, I was actually writing books when I was like seven. I got my books in like the Chesapeake Public uh, Library for a little bit. It's a little kid, you know, like a kid, I used to just write books and staple the pages and all that stuff. <laughs> like, as a 31-year-old man, like, I'm finally about to release my first book. Um, I actually have, this is a this is a quote, like, 
coffee table book. It's going to be something you just flip through. I mean, there's some extensive pieces in here, but a lot of it's just quotes. But after that, I, I'm planning on um, writing children's books. Children's books? Oh, yeah. What was yeah. what inspired you to write the children's book instead of, you know, regular adult books? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, when it comes to just teaching people and just trying to spread knowledge, I find that the older they are, the harder it is. So I yeah. feel like kids, kids are gonna be very easier to reach. And I feel like I have a lot of good things to say and a lot of good things to give them. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna basically, honestly, like once you read this book, I'm gonna be taking the stuff, some of the things from this book and breaking them down to a form where children can digest it. Mm. And like, okay. and I feel like those will be easier books to be honest. And children's books are only about 20 pages, so. What are adults about me? What adult books are longer? Mm. Like you say, it's, it's harder to reach. It's harder, harder to, to impact. Um, not saying that you can't, but yeah. I like you said, breaking it down to a kid's level, they're they're more to understand and impact a lot better, a lot easier than the adults. Okay. Yeah, they need it for sure. That's but yeah, that's a that's a quick uh, breakdown on me and where I'm at right now. And this is your first book that you wrote. Yes. Hey, shout the book out, man. Shout the book out. What's the name of it again? Lines to Connect the Dots. Hey, Lines to Connect the Dots. I'm definitely going to, hey, I'm going to have to show love to you, bro. Get your book. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's um, it's taught me a lot, to be honest. Like, book writing is not easy. But um, this should be available this week. This week? Hey, there we go. This week. This is a proof, actually. There's no barcode on the back of nothing. It's just a prototype right now, but... Yeah, it should be ready to go out and be ready to, for purchase this week. Hey, that's what's up. That's something to look forward to. I'm mm -hmm. definitely going to support it. Got to see what my mans came up with. So I like it. I like it. So writing is a lot different than your, your 9 to 5, your everyday job that you do, but just cybersecurity. Um, mm -hmm. What makes you go from cybersecurity to, to writing <laughs> books? You know, that's a passion as a kid. You were a writer. You've been a writer. But what made you say, okay, I've been doing this for a minute. It was time to step out the box. I think the uh, culmination of it is exactly what's going on now, to be honest with you. Um, the fact for, well, in the beginning, I didn't foresee pandemic or anything like that, but I foresaw that computer work is just gonna pay well and it's gonna it's gonna always be relevant. So right. I was, and my dad, I, my dad said something to me one day. He was like, you're always on the computer, you go with computers, why don't you just go to school for computer? So at first I went to school for computer engineering and um, I went to North Carolina a shout out to the Aggies. Hello. Here. And um, I didn't have a scholarship or nothing. I was out of state. I was looking at my tuition one day and I was like, um, this is costing a lot of money. So I transferred to Odin in Norfolk um, and, and switched my major from computer engineering to computer science. Basically because I didn't want to just work on the hardware of computers. I knew we were basically going to get to a point where it's just all virtual. So computer science is more of the software side. So. I basically saw like, yo, this is just gonna be something that can sponsor my dreams and give me the money to where I can do what I wanna do. And it's funny just because now that we're in this pandemic yeah. and we're working from home and all this stuff, it's like, yo, like all of it's coming to a head because I can, I really have time just to do what I wanna do. I can still do my work, get it done. And, and on the other end, just do what I wanna do, like working on this book and studying for a personal trainer, certain like stuff like that. So yeah, that's what made me choose it. And then you, you say you uh, your personal trainer on the side too, right? Not yet. Not yet? I only do it, I, I love I, I love going to the gym. And a lot of people hit me up and they're like asking me questions. 
and all my stuff. I don't answer their questions. I basically tell them to go find somebody certified because I'm like, all I'm going to be giving you is stuff from my personal experience and what works for me might not work for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so sir. I'm like, let me go, um, let me go get certified so I can answer these people's questions. Because it is something, that's another thing that I'm passionate about, but I'm not just going to sit here and just give you a whole bunch of BS just to, just because you asked, you know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. what's the future with that? Are you looking into um, in the future be a personal trainer and uh, train people, work them out? It'll be more of a side hustle. Um, definitely something maybe more virtual. Maybe I'll uh, give people meal plans and nutrition mm -hmm. advice and workouts, just stuff. Cause you, I mean, you, you really have to be creative to be honest, to, to get fit nowadays, especially now with people being at home too. Yeah. You gotta come up with workouts at home and it's, and I think a lot of people look at their equipment and they don't know everything that they can do with it. You know what I'm saying? That's true. That's true. You can do, you can get a whole full body workout with two dumbbells. So it's like, I, I feel like I just want to bridge that gap and help people in that way. What are the, um, <clears throat> the, the <clears throat> what is your best thing to work on? Upper body, lower body? My favorite right now, shoulder and back. I, I uh, separate my stuff from chest, abs, Shoulder and back, legs, arms. So, shoulder and back is like my personal favorite day right now. Mmm. Mm. You gotta kill them. You gotta kill. You gotta kill your muscles, man. That's what's yeah. up. People, I'm pretty sure people like watching you and they they see you working out. They they will be interested in knowing um, your meal plans and you mm. know you working with them. And you can probably, like you said, be that gap. You can be that gap that um, that bridges at home versus being um, at the at the actual gym. Right. People will actually purchase that just just because it's coming from you and with your experience, that that makes it even better. You're like, okay, well, I know what works for me, so let's let's try this to see what works for you. And that's just a journey that you take with the clients or customers that um that wants to go with you. So that's dope, man. And then I um, take the clientele from the book and blend it, blend the two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you can definitely people will see, oh, you write a book too, they'll be they'll be more easier to support. Um, right. what, what was the main purpose? Now, I know that you say you just wanted to do it to write the book, but what, what was the book about? Like, what, what made you write it as far as what it is about? Um, what made me write it or what made me, I, I would say what made me put it together because a lot of this stuff is stuff that I've written over the years, but it, it came to a point where I was like, I was looking, cause I had literally had like a document, a word document of just writing. Right. And it was sitting there. So I was like, let me put all this together. And the the most of the work was trying to get it to be cohesive. Like right now I have, um, I can tell you, I have one, two, three, four. I have nine things in my table of contents. And it's basically off theme where uh, <clears throat> I've just put together all of my writing in one. So it's kind of like, and, and for the people that follow me on um, Instagram, <clears throat> I post a lot, but I've probably posted probably 3% of this book, believe it or not. I posted mm -hmm. like a lot of stuff up here, but it's like a small percentage of what's in this book. There's a lot of uh, more fleshed out things in the book, but it's, what made me write it is just the fact that, um, I feel like people need it. I feel like people need more understanding and I feel like I can, help them with that. I don't think I can give people understanding, but I feel like I can try and um, with the certain pieces in there, they can kind of open your mind a little bit more right. to certain things. 
and maybe help you achieve your own personal understanding in life. So that's that's what made me write it. Impact and still leading the way. Being being a father, being a writer, being a cyber, um, being in cybersecurity. I know that's not easy. Like you say, you work for the um, Navy. Yes. Navy, right? Contracted. Yes. So I mean, I was in service, but I wasn't in the Navy. I was in the Army. Is that like when you contract? Are you still on military orders, or are you on on federal? Um, I'm I'm on federal. Well, no, I'm not on federal. I'm I'm basically working um, hand in hand with the Navy. We basically work hand in hand together to okay. help um, prep certain systems on the ships as far as like their inspections go, because you know they gotta keep their security inspections up so they don't get breached or anything like that. Right. So basically, we help them go through the process of getting clearance to continue operation. Oh. You know what I mean? So they have inspections, and if they don't pass the inspection, we tell them what they need to do to pass, or we tell them to what they do to maintain operations. So that's basically, that's basically what I do. I basically babysit. Hey, I, <laughs> that sounds about right, because I love the Navy, but when I was um, overseas, I was on a Navy base, and um, I seen them more at the gym than actually working. Actually working, I seen them more at the gym. And I, would, I used to talk to one of them because they would tell me the different ranks, you know, how to understand it. And I'm like, what do you guys do on the boat? He literally was like, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I'm like, I believe it. It looked like a lot of the civilian did a lot more work than they did. And then he, he, he told me, he was like, yeah, we don't do anything. That's crazy. But I believe it, though. Um, <laughs> I've worked with the Coast Guard as well. They're very chill. Um, some of them don't do any work. And you can tell just by how they um how many times you have to repeat certain things to them yeah like hey you guys need to install this patch hey you guys installed that patch yet like two weeks later and they still haven't installed it then when a breach happens or something happens they want to be all on your email i'm like you should have uploaded you should have uh, uploaded the patch that i sent you that's all about right <laughs> i was like but like it's crazy just because these people like no knock on the military my dad was in the uh, marines for 24 years but it's like, they're still humans. We slack off at our job too, but it's just the, the severity of their job, I guess, what is what makes it so funny. But hey, they're just human beings, man. That's true, that's true, that's what's up. Um, yeah. what, what is the hardest thing about your job in um, cybersecurity? The hardest thing? Um, learning policies. Um, and references, learning those references, and they're very like as far as like the protocols of the of the certain systems and what they have to have in place to pass certain uh, inspections. Right. Like knowing those is probably the, and keeping up with them because they change every day. Like because a lot of systems are going to like cloud cloud interfaces where it's just like there's no hardware. It's mm -hmm. just a virtual. They're a virtual like system. Like there's right. no hardware, nothing. So it's like then you get new protocols on cloud systems and virtual machines and stuff like that. So you have to know about that. So it's just I guess you're just keeping up with everything. You know the thing about the about the the military. You went to school. We like you went to uh, was it four years for school or two mm -hmm. years? Four years. Four years for school, and mm -hmm. then in the military. When you do cyber, when you do any job, you go there for like maybe maybe a year or a few months. Mm -hmm. and so they're, they're literally trial and error as they go. So like when when you <laughs> when you first when you first get out of school, you're like, okay, I know everything. I know everything about the book. Until you actually actually get on one of them things, and you like, 
nothing. And I always say work experience should trump school. I think school just shows you that you're you're you, you're a good learner. You can you can study and you can learn stuff as as yeah. you should. But work experience definitely should trump all that. That's I think true. That's but, true. Because I I literally seen like um, people come straight out of school and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna throw you on this generator. And I throw them on a the generator and they're like, what to do? Or they're touching touching things that on the first thing in school they should have told you not to touch. Right. Like, how how did you just get out of school doing those things? They're like, oh, they didn't teach us that. They didn't teach us that. Right. Or they or they taught them the book, but they never they didn't teach them what it looked like. So mm -hmm. now we we um, overseas things things going crazy. We got we got missiles. We got alerts going on, and then the generator need to be working, and it's just spiraling out of control. And you're like, what happened? They don't know. They're like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. And I was and I was gonna get them some leeway, but it's like when you think about how long you spend in school, you spend four years in school. I feel like if they chop out all those um. The core classes is what they call them. Yeah, you talk about all those core. Classes. But it's but and another thing is that kids don't know really what they want to do. A lot of kids switch majors like three or four times before they get out of school. So it's like I think if you know exactly what you want to do, they need to put you exactly in. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, instead like, of the core classes first, and then classes, all that stuff should be done in high school. Like, why are we still taking English if I'm not an English major? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's true. Like, high school should get you through that. That should be, hey, you pass high school, you should know how to read and write and do all that stuff. I don't understand. Like, unless you're not a English major, you shouldn't be taking English classes anymore. But, That's true. Mm -hmm. What was one of those classes that you took a lot that probably wasn't worth it? Probably, you probably don't use it at all. Um, in school, college. Probably a lot of those core classes, I don't use them. Um, one of the hardest classes for me was object-oriented programming. Mm. That class was hard. Um, I spent probably about a year doing software development. Right. It aided me in, in that, but it wasn't object-oriented. I, I did a whole bunch of programming classes, but that class in particular, I had to take that class like three or four times. No, I'm not even gonna lie, I ain't passed that jump like three times. But <laughs> it was crazy because the teacher, the teacher was one of those people, and this this is one of the things I kind of write about in my book. He was extremely smart, but he didn't know how to teach. And I don't say that just because I wasn't the only person that wasn't passing. Like there were people that were not passing this class. And it's crazy, like once they switched the teacher, switched the teacher, I got a B plus in that class. Man, it was just how he was putting it. It made it sense for him, but it didn't make sense to nobody else. He was the teacher that didn't answer questions. He would, um, he would more so, he would kind of just point you in the direction of where to get your answer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I get it. He, he was very much more of, um, you need to be an independent student. Like I'm here to just give you the material you need right. to down yourself. But this, the, the new teacher will actually answer your question. Like if it wasn't like, you know what I'm saying? If it was just about something like, how do we do this? How do we do that? He would answer the question. But that helped tremendously. So, I mean, I guess just different, it just works different for other people. But with me, I was just like, man, he felt, he felt like a gatekeeper for sure. <laughs> sure. I've actually been in classes like that where the teacher said, said something and it made no, no sense. 
And I'm like, I went the whole class, especially my master class. I went through the whole class. And I'm like, wait, what is this even about? And right. then to get ready to take the finals, I was like, okay, I can't be the only one lost through this whole time. I thought it made sense. It didn't even make sense. And, and like nobody passed that class. No. Nobody. And, and they were aware. They're, the school was aware. They're like, yeah, that, car, that teacher is just harder than everybody else. And I'm like, it cannot be harder if no one is passing. Like, nobody, everybody passes, like, fails every time they go to that teacher. So They call them gatekeeper courses. I'm telling you, that's what it is. They're like, if these people pass this, they can pass anything. I passed the exit exam before I passed that class. <laughs> and the exit, our exit exam was supposed to be the culmination of everything. Yeah, you passed that one before that. Like I, passed, I passed the culmination of everything before I passed that class. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, yeah. really, it throws you off, like you said. It's just gatekeeping, keeping you there. Mm -hmm. So when you started to write your your first book, what inspired you to say, "Hey, I'm going to actually do a children's book"? Now, now that you wrote that book, um, besides mm -hmm. just being able to break it down to kids. Um, my daughter. Um, for sure. Um, it was. Uh, I'll, I'll give her half because I would read her books, and I'd be like, "Yo, these books are very deep." Yeah. Like there's one called the bad the bad case of the stripes, and it was one where it's basically where a girl she was ashamed that she liked llama beans, so basically she conformed to a, to impress other people, and every time somebody would say something to her, like she would turn into what they said because she's so con she was overly concerned with what they what they thought of her, and I thought it was deep the way they did it because when I, I went to her class one time and I actually read that book to her class and the kids actually got it. They were like, she she wants to be like them. So I was like, yo, this is so dope. These are <laughs> like five-year-olds, like four and five-year-olds understanding this and grasping that you need to be yourself. So yeah. I was like, no, I love writing and I want people to actually get something from my writing. Cause it's like, and I feel like when you write stuff for kids, you're you're tapping into the, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're formative years. Yeah. yeah exactly. establishing, like, I'm a firm believer that we're not, we're not that far off from where, who we were when we were like six and seven, like, to be yeah. honest with you. Mm -hmm. It's like, you get to actually touch that, 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 that ball of clay that they are. And actually like, if you can give them something good, because a lot of these kids are getting a lot of BS too. That's so true. it's like, if I can give them something that's actually gonna hold true and actually help them through their life, I think that'd be great. So that's that's kind of why I want to do it. That's real big. And then, um, the, like you said, the way that they they put it, like I've never heard that story, but that's actually, that sounds dope and deep because um, people, even, even adults, they conform to what others think. You can have to sing, but they're like, okay, well, I don't sing or sound like this person. No one's going to hear me. Then they don't right. even sing. They don't even try. Or like you, you want to write a book, but they're, they're like, no one's going to actually see my book. No one's going to actually write my book. So they don't even try. So it's really the creativity that I feel that as we get older, it's in it like we was limited. You know, like, don't be creative nine to five. Can't be creative nine to five. Do this, do that. You know what's crazy? That when we say we conform to other people's interests, it's almost like a negative connotation on them. But it's not. People are just being who they are. And you assume that they're not gonna accept you for who you are just because of who they are. But you never know, that person could love, say say I love, say I love cherry flavored donuts, right? That shit might sound nasty as hell. And I'm just like, <laughs> well, ain't nobody gonna like cherry filled donuts, but you're assuming, I'm assuming that you don't like cherry filled donuts, right? Right. But if I just took the risk 
and share it with you that yo cherry cherry filled donuts are great then yo once you go eat it you might be like you know what i'm saying you might be like you might be an unknown unknown like yo damn these are this is hitting you never know if you just be yourself you might hit for somebody and they might not even know it you know what i'm saying you might be like you know what i'm saying nobody okay this is it's like this nobody knows they're attracted to you right until they see it's true till they see you that's it they don't just the, they're not just thinking of, you know what I'm saying? They don't know it until they see you. you gotta present yourself. Right, or they're like, oh, I'm thinking of, I'm, think, I'm thinking of my, my man's Chris, and then you all behind, like, there you go. Right, right, <laughs> You put them on by showing yourself. Whatever you wanna do, take that risk. You never know who's gonna like it. That's true. So like you being so creative that you are, what is what is one thing that you're, you're hoping to impact in your daughter by being creative? Um, To never settle and to always be herself and to be comfortable being herself. I think the, the biggest thing I can do for uh, my daughter, my daughter's name is Kennedy, the biggest thing I can do for her is to make her comfortable with coming to me and being honest with me. I feel like a lot of places that fathers mess up is we, um, we kind of instill fear in our children and it comes to, and, it, and it comes to a head like when they're teenagers and they're dealing with real life stuff. Mm -hmm. and they're, nervous so they, they think twice about coming to you about something because they're scared about how you can react that's true that's one thing that i really 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 want to make her know that she can come to me about anything yeah hey i like that i like that i really do um because that's that's something i create for my kids too like the open the open environment like you can talk yeah. about anything if you want to be a doctor be a doctor if you want to be a producer be a producer you know and be as free and as open you want because not not everybody's gonna have those, everybody has the same similar ideas but i like to tell my kids that the details that you see the vivid things that you see in your dreams or the creativity that you see those are details that god gave you Mm -hmm. I, I, just because I have that same idea, mine's gonna look a whole lot different than yours. It's mm -hmm. similar, but it's different because we're two different people with two different details that God gave us. Mm -hmm. So um, I like that you and your daughter know that it's okay to, to come and talk to me and be creative or it's okay to come talk to me about anything because that's gonna help her in the long run because I feel like um, as, as we grew up through generations, it was very closed off. Right. My mother, she allowed that me like to hey come talk to me but there were certain things that if i come to my mom i was like she gonna judge me you yeah. know or if i if i go to my mom and be like hey i want to do this i will tell my brother first and won't tell my mom like what do you think about it and if mm -hmm. he say do i'm like okay i'm gonna do it then my mom finds out after and I'm like oh why you didn't tell me I, i'm like you yeah, i was prejudging i i thought mm -hmm. that you was gonna say no then right. in reality they're, they're just as open to it they're just they, they're not open to do it, but you, by you doing it, they encourage you. So like you said, prejudging people of what they may do, you never know. Right. You gotta and do This comes with, and another thing is just being honest, man. And I feel like a lot of parents mess up because we try to portray an image that isn't us. I feel like, you know that, that saying, uh, do as I say, not as I do, I hate that right. saying. <laughs> like, I feel like if I, if I want my child to be this way, I have to be this way. That's true. So it's like, because I feel like a lot of parents lose their kids in those teenage years because these kids go out in school and they get the real from their, their friends. Yeah. They're not getting the real from their parents. So that's why I feel like it kind of, I feel like we kind of sleep on that because you might think it's small, like, oh, I was just doing that for them because they were young and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. They don't understand that. 
that creates a huge bond with their with their friends because they're like, yo, my friends are telling me like it is. My mom didn't tell me this. So I'm like, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna per se like not like think she's untrustworthy. But when it comes to some real life stuff, I'm not gonna go to her first. She's she's just gonna sugarcoat stuff or make me feel, try to make me feel good and all that stuff. My friends tell me like it is. Right, they're so, like, man, your shoes busted. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, to a to a degree. So it's like I just feel like honesty and just honesty and just an open, transparent environment is something that I want to create. Like I'm not trying to dictate my daughter. I'm trying to more so just you know what I'm saying. Just I think the best thing you can do is just give your kids all your game that you can give. I can't give Kennedy all the answers, but I can tell her, hey, I messed up over there. I messed up over there. I did this and I got this result. So I feel like that's the, the best thing you can do for your kids. That's true. And I actually like that there's so many parents doing exactly that. They're creating environments. They're, they encourage their kids to, to be themselves. And you'd be surprised, like so many um, authors and inspirational motivational speakers come here and they write books and it's a lot of children books. And it's in ways that I would have never thought about, like say, um, creating it in a way that, oh, well, if, if, if you start to conform to other people's thoughts, you start to become their thoughts. And mm-hmm. then where to five, four-year-olds can relate. And that's right. dope because you're taking a grown-up um, experience and even trauma because in, in as we grow up, that becomes trauma. We become scared, um, fearful, doubtful. And you taking that fear that a lot of us today walk around with and you're breaking that cycle early on. Mm-hmm. So that is really, really cool. That's really dope. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like it's just when you're yourself, you're gonna get. When you, I feel like when you're not yourself, you're out of alignment. So when you're out of alignment, you're gonna wonder why you're getting a whole bunch of things that don't feel right. Right. You know I mean? right. So I, that's that's key. That's big key. It is key, and <laughs> that's dope, bro. I'm telling you, man. And with with you being a leader, that's gonna rub off on your daughter. That's gonna rub off the creativity, and she's gonna pack a lot of people just because she see you doing the same, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, what are some few things as far as like Chris, when people see Chris and they see you walk the light that you do, what is what is a main mission, a few things that you want people to know that represent you? Um, As far as they personally know about me or just in general? In, in general, when they see you, they, they see these things, you know? Um, They see uh, a man that, a man that wants to help people enjoy life, um, mm-hmm. to live in the present. That's one thing that I'm, I work on every day. Um, a person that works hard, is disciplined, um, and a person that's open and willing to help. Hey, yeah. basically yeah. an overall um, giving to the world. Yeah. Right. And, right. and the fact that you are the person that you are today, like I said, so many people is going to get touched and they're going to be able to inspire other people, step outside their box, you know, just because Chris did. Mm-hmm. So that's dope. So if you can leave, if you can leave any message to people, it's like right now, and I'm, I'm just like, hey, go. Right now, if you can leave a message that touch somebody, even then you get off this call um, and they still listen to this podcast and they remember Chris, what is the word that you can leave with them that resonate? A word with them. Let me, uh, I'm gonna go to the book. <laughs> it won't get words from the good book. Let's go. 
gonna I'm gonna give y'all an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Hold on. Hmm, I feel like this is a good one. It's simple though. Um, I'm gonna read it. We are all on ball time, and just like with money, it's usually for a reason. You're mm. here for a reason. Find it and pay it for it. I like that. Hey. I page the book. So yeah, just, I feel like that's good. Just in light of uh, DMX, R.I.P. to him. R.I.P. to DMX. Um, he was an amazing writer, but yeah, just just enjoy the time that you have, man. I say that all the time to people. Like whenever they like, uh, instead of saying like, have a good day. Uh, like uh, I feel like I just say enjoy your time. Like it's you it's, never know. Right, right. You never know, and, and just like DMX, he never he didn't know, you know. Um, but it's sad to see him go. But like I said, he inspired so many writers. He was a great writer. So it's gonna be people coming in doing legends, being legends, just because he came and impacts so many people. So yeah. all he's doing is create more legends around the world. So yeah. that's definitely dope. And hey, shout out to your on social media where people can go follow you and and, and share your journey even with the book. Um, it's at Chris Featherston. Featherston, F-E-A-T-H-E-R-S-T-O-N. Chris Featherston on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, um, y'all want to go get that book, man. I'm, I'm going to show you some love on that book because I want to know. And just by that quote itself, it's like, I know it's powerful. I know yeah. it's deep. And you get to tap inside Chris' mind, get to know who he is more. So definitely go look at his page, follow his page, ask him questions, you know, um, not fit questions yet. <laughs> right, not yet. I'll, not I'll let yet. everybody know when I'm, when I'm licensed. Yeah, right. <laughs> but keep that in your books. He's out here empowering so many people and, and that book, uh, the children's book will be something to look forward to. So I'm gonna be there supporting you, man. Keep going, keep inspiring. And no one, hey, tell y'all today, tomorrow, yesterday, me and Chris love you. And look, if y'all don't think we do, y'all say we hate y'all. That's all right. Hate y'all today, hate y'all tomorrow, but we still gonna love you, man. Hey, and stay tuned to the PEG podcast. Let's get it, man.